0: Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who proudly indulge in parentally-facilitated, seemingly substanceless birthday parties at age 21. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm
1: Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them.
0: We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are?
1: Today we are talking about 2005's Twitches
2: what their futures would hold. The twins aren't safe together. The darkness won't rest until it finds them. But on their 21st birthday, two girls will discover.
1: I knew something was gonna happen today. Why do you look like me? I don't know, but isn't it cool?
2: They're not just sisters, they're twitches.
1: Twin witches,
0: exactly! Now, this is not my closet. They'll enter
2: a magical new world to fight the forces of evil.
0: Oh, yes. I
2: can do this. I discover a power they never knew they had.
0: Drawer
2: open. <gasps> Bring home Tia and Tamira Mori. Go Twitches. Go
1: Twitches. Happy second episode of Spooktober. I hope you have enjoyed the spooky themed versions of our theme song that were both created by Josh, both the Harry Potter one and
0: this one. The amount of extreme talent and extreme free labor we receive in the form of those theme songs is extensive so shout out to josh for being um such a loyal fan and supporter of the program here and also i just have to say um that i did wear my ye old. uh moon pendant from childhood just for this episode, um, along with my other little moon necklace I normally wear. So I have the witchy vibes that I can bring to the table for this episode.
1: You know what else we can bring to the table for this episode?
0: <laughs>
2: what?
1: <laughs> New caseify merchandise. <laughs> hey, yes. I don't know if yours were customized, but one of my things got customized and I didn't even ask for
0: that. On the AirPods case? Yeah. Did they put your name on it? Yeah. That's cute.
1: They also sent like a phone strap thing. Yes, And it says too pink on it. No, I got that too. Which I we also didn't ask
0: no, for. I was, like, I was like, how do they know? Well, speaking of which, I have my iPad here and I got an iPad case from them. It's a folio case, which means that there's like little like wallet. Well, okay. That's a picture of me and the cousins, but it's got like a little wallet case situation and we still have the same discount code as we've had, 15 sleepover. So if our marketing pitches are enticing to you, Go hook yourself up because they are good products, I have to say. And they're taking a chance on kids such as us. The AirPods on the phone chain give me a high schooler with lanyard vibes. It reminds me of just like how obsessed everyone
1: was and how obsessed I used to be with like cases for things. Like why did I think I thought that every single thing needed a case like Customization, baby.
0: Now I'm thinking about lanyards. Were you a lanyard swinging bitch? Let us know if you were because (laughs) we, okay, this is a side tangent, but we would get these lanyards in high school when you got into the show choir and it was very like elite to be in the show choir. So you would get your MIM, Music in Motion, lanyard and put your giant ass keys on there and then walk around like swinging the keys. Like, oh, me in show choir? Like... Oh, I didn't even realize I was, like, showing that off with this yeah. lanyard.
1: <laughs> I know where mine is, but it's in Ohio. It's, for me, the precursor to that lanyard was the Vera Bradley lanyard.
0: Oh, yeah. Lanyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was never a Vera Bradley girl, but I observed a lot of it. Time for the question for the culture.
1: The culture is super sick right now. It's actually really bad, Period. As I'm sure a lot of you have seen, the film Bros just hit theaters a few days ago, and this is Billy Eichner's new big box office, you know, potentially (laughs) supposed to be a big box office film, um, mainstream blockbuster, like, you know, in the same vein as, like, Bridesmaids. like. Similar people are involved. It's supposed to be that big. So far, it's underperforming. But then Billy Eichner comes out and is like, it's because the straight people aren't showing up. (laughs) That reminds me so much of 2019 when the shitty Charlie's Angels came out. Okay. Elizabeth Banks, who directed and produced and was in that movie, had the exact same reaction when that movie underperformed in the box office. She said... Um, it's because the men didn't show up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking obviously the men didn't show up for Kristen Stewart-led
0: 2019 <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah. Kristen Stewart-led, period. That's all you gotta <laughs> know.
1: I just think that, you know, he probably should have bit his tongue a little bit longer because he can see... He'd be able to see, like, where it's going. It's, like, a little too early to call, I feel. And also, just, like, the question for the culture is, like, (laughs) can... Can't like can marginalized groups, and in this case, they are not, there are, yeah, one centimeter marginalized. We're talking about Billy Eichner and Elizabeth Banks in this case. Like (laughs) these people are one percenters. Yeah. (laughs) Like
0: it's really not. I would not describe either of them as oppressed per se.
1: No, but they use their shred of identity, of oppressed identity, to like blame the general public when their art fails and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you don't know how to market like that's not my
0: fault yeah well I also feel kinda I mean okay no I don't feel bad but I do think it's notable that like a lot of the marketing is out of the artist's hands ultimately I mean for example if you think about like Fire Island And how that movie was marketed and how like we knew about it, all of our friends knew about it, like the core audience was aware. I didn't even know about bros until this blew up, which maybe it's all intentional. Maybe this is a guerrilla marketing situation because I watched the trailer today only because it flopped and all of the comments were people being like, guess I am straight, guess it's my fault. And I'm like, well, you're here, so isn't he ultimately actually winning?
1: Yeah, but also, like, I feel like that's more of a fluke that you haven't seen it because it has been, they've been pushing, I've seen it everywhere. Like, it's been pushed really hard. It Um, might just be pushed
0: regionally then because I'm
1: online too. Yeah. I do think that, like, his promo, his Billy on the Street style promo was fun and, like, functional so you know at the intersection of fun and function i don't think he has to worry that much i think he and if it is a marketing tactic of like i'm gonna say it's doing really bad so people go
0: see it then you know so be it yeah good for you i guess yeah but it's just annoying i guess we'll uh follow the progress of that one over time um maybe we'll do a mini follow-up in this segment uh in future episodes Are you ready to get into the facts surrounding 2005's Twitches? So, Twitches premiered on the Disney Channel on October 14th, 2005. Um, It was not rated because it was on TV, but Common Sense Media rated it at appropriate for five years of age and older. It was directed by Stuart Gillard, who has executive producer credits on Charmed, Salvation, No Tomorrow, the Beauty and the Beast TV show that I didn't know existed and 90210. But I just had to point out that His work on Twitches and Charmed were very close to each other chronologically, and that does feel relevant. The teleplay was written by two people. Melissa Gould was one of them. She was a staff writer on Lizzie McGuire. She wrote on like a ton of the episodes, and she also wrote for 90210. And then, of course, we have our man, Dan Berenson, who worked on the teleplay, who uh, wrote all of the following Hannah Montana, the movie, The Nine Lives of Chloe King, Baby Daddy, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Camp Rock 2, The Final Jam, The Wizards of Waverly Place movie, Cheetah Girls One World, Cinderella 3, Halloween Town High, many things that are very relevant to us. And the novel that this movie is based off of, also called Twitches, was written by H.B. Gilmore. And this seems to have been their only foray into having their stories adapted for TV. So that was all they had on IMDb. Okay, synopses. We've got
1: our usual three. In the magic realm of Coventry, the twin sisters, Artemis and Apollo are saved by their protectors, Ileana and Karsh, from the darkness and brought to another dimension. They are adopted by different families, but on their 21st birthday, their protectors force them to meet each other. Alex Fielding lost her mother three months ago and is alone, seeking a job, while Cameron Barnes lives with her beloved, wealthy parents. Once together, they find that they have magic powers and they should return to Coventry to
0: save their biological mother and their kingdom from the darkness. I know. The funny thing is that these uh, descend in length and detail as we go on. So please continue. The letterbox the (laughs)
1: synopsis. Twins separated at birth, Cameron and Alex meet by chance for the first time on their 21st birthday and discover their witches with the power to save their homeland of Coventry from the evil that threatens it. But when Cameron leaves Alex to face the darkness alone, will Coventry be doomed or will the sisters multiply their magic by standing together?
0: That one is good. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that It's like you can tell how good they are by how easy they are to read. Yes. Correct. And then Rotten Tomatoes reunited on their (laughs) 21st birthday. Twin sisters use their magic powers to save their kingdom from the forces of darkness.
0: Honestly, that's all we needed. But. Yeah, that's it. The tagline was not accessible. I had to look up Google images of the poster and write this one down, which, Audrey, you get the privilege of reading out loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty
1: funny. This Halloween, broomsticks are so not happening.
0: (laughs) And on the poster, they're like sassily walking down the street, like looking at the camera. So it's really a vibe when you take it all in at once. So now going into this cast, of course, we have Tia and Tamara as Alex and Cameron. Tia Maori Hardict is now her married name, and Tia Maori housley is Tamara's married name. Tia and Tamara, of course, were the sister-sister In question on the show, Sister, Sister. I don't know. I'm kind of curious, like, we watch Sister, Sister, but I'm wondering, like, if our listeners did. Because it's kind of old for people that are younger than us. But it's a really great show if you haven't seen it. It's, like, the blueprint very clearly for a lot of Disney Channel shows. It's really funny. It's really wholesome. Would recommend. Theme song. Anyway, so they were on that show together. And then they're in a lot of other projects together. But Tia specifically was in The Game, Family Reunion, Fresh Beat, Band of Spies. And, of course, she was the voice of Sasha in the Bratz TV show. Who could forget? And then Tamara, she was on The Real from 2013 to 2020. If you guys don't watch The Real... You're missing out. I don't watch it consistently, but I wish I did. Like, I wish I was like a stay-at-home mom with daytime availability to watch The Real every day because it's so good. It's been canceled after eight seasons on the air. None of those ladies were being fake ever, even for a second, which is funny because the show is called The Real. But they're just super interesting, and I really enjoyed the show whenever I got to see it. So, RIP to The Real. Anyway, other than the real, Tamara has been in recently and will continue to be in a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. She also is in Strong Medicine and Detention. And I'm going to circle back with a little more context on Tia and Tamara as people when we get to the cultural context. We have Kristen Wilson as Miranda, who is the mom. She has not acted in anything since 2011. And as I was watching her, I was like, she looks really familiar and I can't figure out why. She was Mrs. Doolittle in the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle. But I think what I'm actually thinking of is that she reminds me of Rosario Dawson. Okay, next we have Patrick Fabian. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right as Thontos. Basically, the next two people... I, were unrecognizable to me because I don't keep up with media as much as I should. But Patrick is Howard Hamlin on Better Call Saul, which is like a series regular role, as far as I can tell. Um, he also is in The Last Exorcism, Atlas Shrugged too, and Must Love Dogs. And then next we have Jennifer Robertson as Iliana She's a series regular on Shit's Creek, which I also didn't know. She plays Jocelyn on that show. Um, she's also in Ginny and Georgia and winging it. And then, last but not least, we have Pat Kelly as Karsh, who mostly does producer things now. He produced Dark Air with Terry Carnation, The Slowest Slow, and Human People. Anyway, the budget yes, the
1: Budget. So, the internet says that the budget for Twitches was $20 million. Now, where did they spend that money? <laughs> That's my question. That was my question, too. It looks like an at-home production it, in a nice way. I mean, I'm not mad about it, but it doesn't look like a $20 million thing. No. Project. No. There were 7 million viewers watching when it premiered and 21.5 million viewers over the entire weekend. And according to disneychannel.fandom.com, it's the ninth most successful premiere of a DCOM. Phineas and Ferb the movie is at eighth place and Descendants is at 10th place. Ninth is pretty good for Twitches.
0: I mean, I was kind of surprised, but then I thought about the year it came out, and I was like, basically anything from Disney Channel in 2005, people would be eating up with a knife and fork, so. Uh, Worldwide gross, we do not know. No. And we we will never know. Do not know, we'll never know. Okay, now going into critical and audience opinions. The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 60%, and the average star rating on Letterboxd is uh, (laughs) 3.0. There's no critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes unfortunately, but I did pluck a few critic opinions. The first one says, "For the Disney Princess crowd that's moving into their teenage years, Twitches should work. It's not bad per se, but it is just another Disney Channel original movie." The second one said, Twitches had the perfect mix of what I love, magic, drama, and the return of 90s teen stars Tia and Tamara Maori." However, that review was written in 2016, so I feel that it has a slightly different attitude than the other ones do. And then the last one, though the Maori sisters are personable enough, they simply cannot act, dot, 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 which, I strongly disagree with.
1: Me too. I actually was noting. I was like, no, they're good. They're actually
0: good. I wrote the exact same shit down. The guy who wrote this review is like a recurring menace in the uh, audience or in the critic reviews of every movie we cover. So not surprised to see him hating. And then when it comes to common sense media, they gave it three stars and said, twin sister, sisters, magic made for tweens. And they suggest this. Families can talk about what it would be like to find a long-lost twin or sibling. Do you think your personalities would be similar even if you weren't raised together? Families can also talk about what they would do if they suddenly found out they had magic powers. Would you use your powers to help other people or to help yourself or both? Do you think they would make you braver like Harry Potter? (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just the beginning of Harry Potter being invoked in this shit, because there's much more. Um, The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was 65%. And here are some letterboxed statements. Some reasons this should have had Harry Potter's
1: cultural impact. Girl power, not racist, not British. (laughs) Ali and AJ on the soundtrack doesn't betray its love always triumphs over evil theme with individualism. Gives equal importance to biological, adopted, and found family. Everyone could identify themselves as an Alex or a Cameron instead of a Hufflepuff.
0: (laughs) The spells rhyme. (laughs) Um, That one really pleased me to read and so, but even though they're shitting on hufflepuff which now everyone knows that now that i've come out of the closet as a hufflepuff there's no going back for me mm-hmm. but still, <laughs> three more reviews one person says harry potter wants what twitches has another person gave it one and a half stars and yet just wrote yes so i don't know what that means and then last that's like all i do on letterboxd <laughs> rate it low and then write yes Yeah. Um, And then lastly, three stars. Forever devastated that I do not have a twin or a witchy mother or one of those sun and moon necklaces. Very real. So cultural context, we never have talked about Tia and Tamara at all. So I just put together a little bit of history about them that I thought would be interesting. Um, So Tia and Tamara were on Sister, Sister together. Sister, Sister was a sitcom about twin girls who were separated and then reunited so a similar plot it was a really great show as we already said and you know the thing that's come up a lot in my mind lately really ever since I read I'm glad my mom died is like trying to get a sense of what teen stars like spiraled out and which ones didn't, and if so, how they prevented it. So Tia and Tamara both talk about how they were raised very religiously and that like there are detriments to that. Like, for example, they kind of felt like going to therapy in their family was like an admittance of like, weakness or something like if you couldn't just like pray your problems away but at the same time it did keep them on track really nicely and they like never had a huge breakdown and they took a break from acting and hollywood in general to go to college they like went to college and like studied abroad and they both got undergraduate degrees in psychology (laughs) and you know (laughs) just vibes only for them in that era and i'm really happy for them
1: i am really jealous of like Child stars in that particular way of like they get to go to college and it not be high stakes because they know that they have enough money to live. So like it doesn't actually
0: matter. Literally, it's like every celebrity that goes to NYU tees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the Sprouse twins were there when we were there. And it was like, it was like
0: you don't have to be here. Like, you chose this. And, like, it's like a game. I, like, went head-to-head with one of the Sprouse twins multiple times. Like, it was scary. It was, like, a weird weather day. I don't know how this happened, but, but you know how that's, like, a pretty busy street. Like, a lot of students are walking up and down that all the time. Yeah. It was, like, just me going towards Washington Square Park and then just him going up towards Broadway on opposite sides of... The street. And it was scary. And I did not make eye so, contact. Okay, so you're just basically saying that you walked past him? Is that what I'm trying to say is we went head-to-head <laughs> in a jousting duel, and um, he won. I also walked past them once, and it
1: was nighttime. And then my friend was like, look, there's the Sprouse twins. And I was like,
0: yeah. There they are. That's them. There they are. So they went to college whatever, they come back. They were 27 years old when they filmed Twitches. They were my age when they filmed Twitches. And then in 2011, they had this reality show together called Tia and Tamara, and they basically quit doing it kind of fast and then later talked about how a big reason why they stopped doing it is that they had noticed this trend of like black women in reality TV being portrayed really badly or like the edits being really bad and they were like, that's not going to happen to us. But at the same time, They did do an episode where they went to sibling therapy and they really wanted to like set a good example for people out there, like other siblings, people who were raised religiously, which is like an interesting thing that they did. And then Tamara joined The Real, stayed through 2020, and basically they're just vibing. They have really cute kids. They're like really into being moms and they seem to be very well adjusted. So regarding how they were discovered, this is what I am reading from E! News right now. Tia and Tamara, who have cited Star Search and their failure to make it on a show as a dance act as their motivation to entertain, moved from Texas to L.A. with their parents and their younger brother, Taj Maori, who at barely five years old, landed a recurring role as Michelle Tanner's pal Teddy on Full House. About two years after their first commercial, Aww. right? Um, he was cute. About two years after their first commercial, a Chrysler ad that featured the twins jumping rope double dutch, they were discovered by producer Irene... Dreyer. So they did a commercial and their brother made it first. They did a TV adaptation of 17 again. And yeah, it was them and Taj, which is cute. When did we first watch this movie and what do we remember about it?
1: Probably the day it premiered. Like, I kind of feel like
0: I might have watched the premiere. I feel like we very easily could have watched the premiere also. I had not seen this movie. Probably since 6th or 7th grade. And the only things I remember... Are you serious? Yeah, it had been a really long time. What? What? When did you see it last? Probably like a year ago. <laughs> you... I think you still don't fully understand the extent to which I don't watch movies unless I have to.
1: That's so sad. You don't love cinema? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not that I don't love cinema. It's that... My attention span is really bad. Slash, no one, I don't have anyone in my life who really likes movies other than you. And you're not here to like, it, be like, oh, let's yeah. go watch this. Or like, let's take a moment to do this. Like, I am I am enshrined in gamers and musicians. So, yeah. which is not a bad thing. But I'm just very behind on movies and shit. No, it's bad. No, I'm <laughs> Actually, it's the worst case scenario for your entire life. <laughs> the only things I remembered were, the sun and the moon imagery into the rush by Allie and AJ and that their mom was hot and M.I.A. question mark.
1: I feel like Cameron's mom is hotter than their biological mom. <laughs> Cameron's mom is also hot. They're both hot.
0: <laughs> Do we need to have like um like a MILF Venn diagram right now? Yeah. So you remembered everything is what you're saying? Yeah, it was fresh. Now
1: Twitches 2 is not fresh in my mind. That is one that I actually maybe have only seen once. But the first Twitches movie, I I know.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen Twitches 2 in my entire life. That it cannot be good. No. Can- <laughs> There's no way. Head on over to Disney Plus and meet us back here. You could say go Twitches, go Twitches. Ew. <laughs> Apparently they made that up themselves. That's the
1: thing that I remember the most from the, like from the trailer. Yeah. Remember that trailer would play all the time and they'd be like, go Twitches, go Twitches. Yes.
0: Unfortunately, yeah.
1: Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, Bye. see you in a second.
0: Okay, you ghosts and ghouls out there. We are back and it is time to talk about 2005's Two Witches. Audrey, would you like to share some opening remarks on this one? Do do you not have a pop quiz for me? Oh shit, I do have a pop quiz for you. There is a slight chance that this wasn't in the movie. (laughs) However, I came across it in my research. So okay, we have the overseers. Who I hate, but their names are Ileana and Karsh. Do you know their last name? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know what it is? I don't think it's in the movie. I feel like it has to be in the movie because how else would we know? What is it? Warburton. Like Patrick. Who would not have gotten that? I also don't understand how they have like the girls' full ass names in these synopses. I'm like, where did you get that information? Do you remember the first name of the Twitch's biological father? No. <laughs> they do say it. It's Aaron. I. What is the name? No more names. (laughs) No names. How much money? How much money? Okay, you know when they're in the store and they're looking at the dress and Alex is like, that's so expensive. Do you remember how much it was? Hey, (laughs) good job. You got a one out of three on the pop quiz. Which is saying something because it's really fucking hard to pay full attention to this movie.
1: I, for some reason, really absorbed the fact that it was $600. So, (laughs) I honestly appreciate, as I said before, that it looks so cheap, but their goals, their visual goals are so lofty. And they're trying to hold both truths. And it's, (laughs) it's it's very evident. I also appreciate that the girls are 21 because, I mean, obviously, it's funny because they're aged down six years, but so, like, 21 is actually a stretch compared yeah. to being 27, but, like, no decoms follow 21-year-olds, so I think... That's cool.
0: Well, it's also interesting because, like, they're both 21, but only one of them is, like, living a life that is all that believable for a 21-year-old. Like, I know there are 21-year-old people that are, like, still living luxuriously in their parents' houses and stuff. But just, like, the way the relationship was with them, it really felt like she was still in high school by the way she was acting. I mean, that is realistic for a lot of them. But, like, your parents throwing you a giant birthday party for your 22nd? Okay, that's a logistical question that's also on the table. <laughs> Are they turning 22? They're already 21, is my understanding. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about you, but they're feeling uh, 22.
1: <laughs> Their biological mother's makeup, slayed. <laughs>
0: It looked like she was in a community production of like Into Camelot the or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. The taxidermy polar bear
1: in Cameron's bedroom. <laughs> That was weird. I mean, it's not taxidermy, I guess. It could just be like, they they could just be these like large stuffed animals. But then I noticed that there was a lion in another part of the room. And I was like, what's going on?
0: (laughs) Maybe that's where they spent the budget on taxidermy. Yeah.
1: The moment where Cameron like goes like this, she like reaches up and an apple grows and then she picks it. I'm like, Twilight. That's Twilight moment. Yes. And of course, Allie and AJ.
0: The way that they did the cut, like the way that they actually used it was so good. I have to agree. Yeah. Um, Okay. I appreciated that the intro wasted no fucking time. You're immediately in a CGI wonderland. People are running around. How bad it looks. I love that they just go in with the fantasy backdrop so quickly. And would you say that the streets screamed Canada? Yes. You're correct because it I had to think was about in it. fact Canada.
1: There's just a huge amount of decoms from like 04 to 08 that are shot in Canada. It's It was very yeah. common. Must
0: have had a hot tax credit or something. I personally love how like both of the girls are like, they're like, oh, my God, like in the morning, I'm just overcome with inspiration or like in the night I'm overcome with inspiration. Inspiration to make shockingly mediocre art. Audrey's That's giving rude. me absolute nothing. <laughs> That's absolute <rude. laughs> nothing. Well, OK. No, no, no. Some of it is good. Some <laughs> of it is really bad. No,
1: I, regardless of what the art is, I think it's kind of a fun idea to have the girls know about the world in these different ways. Like, I kind of liked that. I like that idea. It's like Alex's stories and Cameron's art or whatever. So it's like Cameron sees and Alex knows, which is like really (laughs) kind of odd. (laughs) Like, Like, Uh Uh-huh. I just, I I was kind of pondering that as a idea and I kind of like it.
0: It's a stretch, but I kind of like it. I stand by what I said about the art. It's bad. I can see why this would appeal to our peers when it came out because I feel like similar to Harry Potter this is like an even more intense version of like if you're like the freaky girl who's like writing her little story about this like made-up place that feels really real in like your journal like of course you want to be told that it's actually real and like actually your magic and like you're actually more uh wise than everyone thinks you are I feel like this movie really appeals to that sensibility like if you had chunky bad makeup in high school in like an emo adjacent way like this is the movie for you and in middle school not just high school
1: yeah, I, I like. I feel like no one was a huge fan of Twitches, though. Like n- Twitches was never anybody's favorite decom.
0: Maybe it's the favorite of people that were slightly younger than us, but I don't know. It was like a serviceable decom. I don't think but, so,
1: though, because like the girls were so like so much older. Like I just yeah. I feel like it was a mature decom kind of.
0: At the time, it felt that way. Yeah, but at looking the time. back at it, I'm saying at the about. time. One thing I really, really, really enjoyed about this movie, at last, drum roll, no love interests. Yay. (laughs) No forced love interest. Kind of shocking. It is shocking. And not only are there no love interests, it takes a page from the book of Aquamarine and is like our, like a familial and sisterly love is enough to defeat the evil, just like Aquamarine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also like the only the only um, kind of like C character relationships it does examine are with the best friends, like e- the yeah. respective best friends, and how like Lucinda feels sidelined by her best friend having a twin sister all of a sudden, and it's like oh, yeah, yeah, like this is th- this is true,
0: like yeah, I. Wrote down multiple times. I can't believe how hard they're going acting-wise. The moment when um Alex is, like, reunited with the mom, like, in yeah. Coventry, and they're in the castle, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> how am I watching this? Like, they were bringing it. What about bad things? It kind of feels like punching a preschooler to say anything bad about this movie, but I suppose we can go there.
1: I do have some things in Worse Now and Dated slash Problematic. Worse Now, yes, they are taking several pages from Harry Potter in the fact that the babies are abandoned, like, they have powers, like, they're witches. There's just, like, a lot of similarities. But then, just, like, such an utter lack of world-building that, like... (laughs) It doesn't really feel like a copy because there aren't equivalents to
0: enough things. Like, it's not a one-to-one. It's just another fantasy genre movie. It's like a young adult fantasy genre thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, something else. There was so much heavy ADR to explain actions that were happening. Uh Like, as soon as their mouth wasn't on screen, like, it would be like... (laughs) And then I went over to the closet just to see the, this thing. Was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a lot of words to fit into like a two second span of not yes. showing lips. Then, of course, the,
0: the evil brother-in-law thing. That's a trope. Once I saw that man's eyebrow scar, I knew what was happening. Yeah. Why in twin
1: movies is it always that they have to be... One has to be rich, one has to be poor, or what they have to be opposites if if they know they're twins and it's not like Princess and the Pauper situation. It's always <laughs> like one has to be goth, one has to be preppy. Like, why yeah. can't we have a twin thing where like <laughs> they
0: just well are the same? <laughs> I would argue that there's a decent amount of Mary Kate Nashley content that fits into that category.
1: Yeah, but that's only because they made so much and they had to come up with different characters for them constantly. Like they couldn't do the opposite thing all the time. They usually didn't do it, actually, but they they
0: did in New York Minute. I wish we could go back and watch that movie again for the first (laughs) time. Damn. I mean, personally, I love a a contrasting twins moment thinking about Phoebe and Roxy every day.
1: That one moment when they like zapped dresses on construction workers.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is what we got for problematic. (laughs) (laughs) This is our modern day criticism of traditional masculinity. (laughs) It was funny. There's really nothing problematic in this. No. And nothing dated. I mean, it looks dated, but like the story yeah. is still fine. I thought they did a good job of not making Alex's life seem extremely shitty. Like, obviously yeah. she had more like hardships or whatever, but like no. like she had love. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's all you need. And I actually do want to echo what that one letterboxed reviewer said oh when they God, were like that's all you need <laughs> when they were like it does uh put found family and adopted family and biological family all on the same level I do think that that is true and because that's, there's no forced love no forced romance it like actually works
1: I honestly don't know if I can name another movie
0: that does that that has all three and treats them the same I think Harry Potter kind of does. Not to bring up Harry Potter again. I don't know.
1: I mean, but that's like, I feel like in Twitches, it's like, there's too many other things to think about in terms of Harry Potter. You're never going to like think of that point with Harry Potter. But with Twitches, it's like right there.
0: (laughs) And basically that that reviewer is like doing the heavy lifting for us by having written that (laughs) review. So maybe we should have them as a guest on the pod. (laughs) Whoever they are.
1: But are they acting the hell out of the material? Yes. Are they doing yes. the absolute most that they can? Yes. But don't you feel like the conflict is extremely weak? I mean, they're fighting a force that looks to be as difficult to be as buttering toast.
0: (laughs) It's mostly a (laughs) cloud of smoke that just goes around in circles.
1: Yeah, like it's fair. And it has to be pretty non-threatening looking because it's on Disney Channel. So like they can only do so much. But Halloween Town is scarier than that.
0: Obviously, the movie is too conceptually big for its budget and its britches. I did not appreciate that like the magic, like the darkness shows up like so fast once they find each other. I was like, aren't you kind of like, shouldn't you build up to that? Like, I just thought that that was kind of premature. Did you ever think you had magical powers as a kid? No, I mean, not actually. Have I ever talked about the shrine that I set up in my closet? Because that was some witchy shit at the end of the day is twitch is good.
1: Mm, I'm going a solid 60/40 on that one
0: in what direction? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh it's hard I to decide. say I really did not enjoy watching it. It was really <laughs> hard to pay attention to. However, I really enjoyed the concept.
1: Yeah, I feel like I really like all the elements of it. But watching the actual movie is hard.
0: (laughs) But like,
1: it really is. It should have been better. And I think, you know, had the screen, had the script been different, like it could have been a serve and it's just kind of not. But it's a serve in my head, which is weird. It's like you think it is because of the imagery. Yes. And then you watch it and you're like, but... This is not what we wanted to see, as I like to say, no. with twin mo- movies. Apparently,
0: this is not what we <laughs> yeah. wanted to see the Maori sisters doing. Okay. Well, we would have loved to see it if it was like a high budget realization of it, not like this shitty de- like decom.
1: Yeah, it was ambitious. So ten yeah. out of ten
0: ambition, four out, of, three out of ten execution. <laughs> and I will say, is it worth watching? Not if you want to keep your memories of positivity (laughs) alive. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just let yourself remember it as good. Where can they find more from us? (laughs) As always, you can find
1: more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode every Thursday. And I'm also planning on (laughs) uploading (laughs) clips from various episodes. And we just want them to like somehow algorithmically catch on fire and Send us into the podcast
0: stratosphere <laughs> and rocket launch um, us into the highest upper echelon of podcasters. <laughs> that would be nice.
1: You can follow
0: me, Audrey, nice. at Audrey Anna Leach on everything. You can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram. Um, and on Twitter at Lana Von Trapp, if you're feeling brave. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com
1: shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. Leave us a review,
0: period. <laughs> so sick like of begging uh, for reviews on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like going door to door with my tin mug, like,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman-Hall. Executive producer is Michael deAloya Deuces! <laughs> go Twitches! Go Twitches!
2: History is complicated. or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
0: This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.